The following podcast contains adult themes and adult language. Listener discretion advised. And although we joke, if you or someone you know is affected by or a victim of domestic violence, dial 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website, thehotline.org. It's always the husband, it's always the husband, it's always the husband, I'm on QB. Hi, everybody. This is Sarah. And this is Megan. And you are listening to It's Always the Husband podcast. Welcome. Welcome. We are in October. We missed the first week of October. We are We are sorry. Are we? Um, we, we just, just took a break. We took yeah. a vacation. We didn't mean for it to. We were going to record, but we couldn't get our lives together. Life got away from us. It just slipped out of our hands. It fucking ran so fast yeah. away from us and neither of us. And some of us were wearing too big of underwear to chase it. <laughs> some of us were. Yeah. And some of us were knee deep in Prosecco. Yes. And we just couldn't. We couldn't chase it. My legs didn't work. We let her go. Legs. Yeah. Let her go. But we're back. Um, We are going to have... Since it's October. It's our favorite month. Yes, definitely my favorite month. Yes. We're going to have some Halloween specials for you. So we thought we would give you some real notorious dicks. Yeah. And we wanted to start with one of the most notorious dicks ever. Um, Jack the Ripper. Yes. Yeah. He's probably the biggest notorious. Into, I think so think too. So? I think so too. And he maybe uh, inspired some of us that are true crime freaks mm-hmm. hearing about this tale of Jack the Ripper when we were children of this unsolved dick killing people and then disappearing into the wind like one of your <laughs> yes. diarrhea farts. Yeah. And we beca- and you become like a, a fart, a fart in a the wind, fart, as yes. you would call it, because yeah. he literally tore people's skin and organs out. He sure did, and then just his farts were so powerful into the night. He sure did. Um, so we are going to tell his story to you and a few other notorious dicks throughout the month. Yep. Uh, but first, we do have those from our September Patreon special those of you that joined as a rob Lowe or a jason momoa i sent out a message so once we get our beautiful uh shot glasses we're going to send those to you new members Mm -hmm. um are getting their stickers sent um tomorrow i will send all those out Mm -hmm. um getting those together because i fell off the wagon on that too i just it's one of those where the deodorant factory work starts again and I come mm-hmm. home and I'm, I don't know if other people experience this, but I'm so tired mentally and physically that all I can do is sit and stare at the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's almost too tiring to like care for myself in my, f- like brush my teeth or use the toilet. I just want to not use the toilet and piss all over my couch <laughs> and just not and brushing my teeth is just a hassle. And I don't want to eat, but yet I'm, you know, I eat, of course. Of course. And it barely can like put on pajamas or just, I live, I want to just live in my own filth. Do other people experience that when they get home from work and they just are too tired to live? And yet you work so that you can live. 
You know, you work yeah. so you have money so you can have a life, like a home and stuff. And yeah. yet I can't have a life because I'm so tired and exhausted and mentally drained from my work. I must be, I, I mean, clearly I'm what What's doing, on your shirt? Oh, it's from Colorado. It's a dog. What What is around the dog's neck? Well, that's neck? A, the Colorado state, like a little C and a thing oh. it's for Colorado. Oh. Uh, I got it when I was there for Jamie's Were deal. Were you high when you no. bought it? No, I bought it at like a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, no. Um, okay. It's cute. It's just a dog it's t-shirt. It's a dog. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's yeah, <laughs> it's just a dog t-shirt. <laughs> um, so now I'm finally kind of, I'm, I'm just getting... You know, we just took a little break and I'm getting we my did, ass yeah. in gear. It feels better, though. It feels good. Right? Yeah. I feel refreshed. Right. I mean, I, I yes. Other if, podcasters take breaks, too. We For months and months and months, they do. We've been churning these out for, for two and a half years. Yeah. We're, and February, it'll be three years. I'm justifying our laziness. I know. But still, I feel like we're okay. Yeah. We're churning them out. We've done what, 140 episodes, so yeah. we're getting there. And we thank you all for your support. Oh my gosh, we do. Like we wouldn't no. be doing this if no one really listened. I guess we could just for fun. Can you imagine for three you... listeners? <laughs> I mean, w- w- <laughs> for Cassie, yeah, Cassie, and be Cassie, my mom, and Tiffany, and your mom, yeah, yeah. and my dad, yeah. Um, we do have so I so I was starting talking about the Patreons, and we do have some new patrons. We do. Um. We have two new Momoas, what? I believe. Um, I can't wait for the show. That we have two today. new Momoas, although I didn't write down what these two were. So hopefully, okay. if okay. they aren't, they'll get the Momoa shout out. Will be for anyone. Um, <laughs> for all the Momoas here, we have Rebecca McVeigh, Rebecca, and Carrie you. Nichols. Thank you so much. Awesome. You lunatics better know what you're doing. Thank you, Carrie. Um, we also have Robin Rivera, mm-hmm. Krista Lindstrom. Thank you Robin so much. And Krista, awesome. Thank you so much. We have Kolzeski. Oh. Kolzeski. You knew I would have I, trouble with this name. These names Kol- were all too easy up until but now. But we thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Jen Woods, yes, Carrie Federanich, Federanich, Federanich. Not Federant line. Mine, no. Okay. But Carrie F. And Megan DeWitt, sister of Joyce. Joyce DeWitt. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure. I'm Megan convinced she's Joyce. sister of Joyce yes. DeWitt, Megan. We can't wait. So we have um, all of you. Thank you. My God. Thank you That's so much. That's an amazing lineup. Um, yeah. It is. And we also want to do a quick shout out to Jen Center. We just opened. Holy she sent us some gifts. And shit, I Jen. screamed so loud when I opened my first one that Jamie came running down the stairs. He did. Yeah. Um, it was a very Handsome. lovely poster of Maxwell Caulfield <laughs> in his youth yes. in the Grease 2 days. Yeah. And a Three's Company t-shirt. And I said, I'm wearing that tomorrow. Yep, she did. And a Farts Wars book. Fart Instead of Star Wars. Wars, it's Fart Wars. And you know what? I love it. And I am actually drinking out of my gift from Jen. I got two cups one that says corks are for quitters and sure are a wine glass that said jesus touched this i laughed that's clever loved it and then i got a prosecco candle and a prosecco cookbook 
for cocktails, cakes, dinners, and desserts. Ooh, can a you cake believe it? With that would actually be quite lovely. I Proseccos think proseccos and prawns, so I can make shrimp. Oh my! With I don't my care Prosecco. for you. Know I don't like shrimp. Oh, I know, and I love it. So Ew, um, Jesus, gross. Tarragon prosecco chicken. I feel like. A cup of prosecco on chicken could. Well, you just go a little for you, easily, some for me, yeah, some for you, go right some for me, some for you, some for me. And then I got a hand towel. If you have to ask if it's too early to drink champagne, you're an amateur, and we can't be friends. And that is the god. That is true. Because yeah. you don't even ask around you; we just no. booze it. Exactly. So Jen, it's like you knew us. Sarah said, uh, and Jamie said too, like. Uh, the gifts definitely characterize who we are. Sarah, total nerd. Megan, total drunk. <laughs> so thank you. The story of the friendship thank of the you. booze hound and the nerd. <laughs> thank you for recognizing yeah. who we are, yeah. our true authentic yes. selves. I know. I love it. <laughs> we feel I love accepted it. and loved. And I mean, these thank are. You, Jen. Yeah. That's I rarely amazing. scream when I get no. my gifts. And that when I screamed. Yeah. I screamed when I got my John Travolta signed autograph picture um, from you and Lorinda yep. and all them. Yep. John Travolta. Yep. Um, yeah. That's So that's only two screams that I've ever. Yeah. And when Lorinda said Johnny Depp was in ISIS. Oh, yeah. That I was scream. another scream. Yeah, I screamed because yeah. that was so dumb. Three screams. Yeah. That was a scream out of pure <laughs> frustration at the stupidity. That was a violent scream. But <laughs> where has Johnny Depp was in ISIS? I don't think he was. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure he wasn't, but who knows? No. You know? Um, do you have a glitter in your shitter this week? Well, <laughs> I've had a, actually a lot of glitters in my shitter this week. Um, but Jen Center's gift just or usurped yeah. everybody else's, all my other great things. Um, they, yeah. So, so good. I'm going to say Jesus touched my wine. That's pretty good. Was probably my glitter in the shitter. It's good. Well, we have a picture of it. We'll put mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, my glitter in the shitter is actually something that is good for our podcast and our listeners and for us. What could it be? Um, it's actually a drink. Um, and to go back. <laughs> Are you sure yeah. this isn't my glitter in the No, shirt? this it's isn't your, it's okay. mine. Okay. Um, I would say like what, four years ago, I went, I started going to my psychiatric nurse. Maybe four three. score and seven years um, ago. Dr. Lee. And I'm okay. grateful that I went like four years ago. So she's a psychiatric okay. nurse. I went yep. just cause I was like, I feel like I'm not sane mm-hmm. and I was stressed out and talking to her, like, I mean, for four years and I still go, I have an appointment tomorrow actually. Awesome. Um, and she, as we're talking and after a year into it, this was before COVID too. She also is trained in Ayurveda. I can never say it. A Ayurveda. Um, look it up. I don't know it's A Y U R V E D A, and okay. it's like an ancient Indian kind of, not like yoga, but it's like practices with spices, food you eat, even the temperature you eat, like body stuff, and it's like an all whole like ancient health thing. Okay. Um, and I knew nothing about it either, and she kind of explained it and said, "What the hell? I'll 
I'll try it, whatever. And she did like this test on you to find out what it's almost kind of like sh- sh- your chakra. Yeah. Kind of like what there's different kinds you are based on even like yeah. your body size, your eye color and even stuff like that. Is listener Mary Schlapoff um, tuning in right now? Because I feel like she would know she, you know, you that- either know heard of it or you ha- yeah. never have. Okay. It's like, when okay. It- but you should look it up. It's and I, I of we'll course, you know, me, I'm like, uh, what the hell? You know, and like I'm looking to the side, side eyeing. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to go for it. I tr- like I've been to Dr. Lee yeah. for like a year. And I feel like it totally I went into it and I read it. I did what she said. Mm-hmm. And I took these spices and um, it really, really helped me let mm-hmm. go of a lot of stuff. I had anger stuff and some of my control issue things mm-hmm. and kind of just let go um, and I noticed a lot of help with it, whatever. And I and I kind of dab- I like let it go a little bit and I dabble into it a bit. And um, but I I noticed a huge difference. I I actually wish I would spend more time doing it because it actually really helped the time I spent doing it. The few months I did okay. anyway. So that kind of led to me trying to think about you know where I tried all the different like cleanses and what I put in like different stuff put in your body yeah that was annoying I know when you couldn't eat because I didn't couldn't drink and or drink and Jamie started getting really into (laughs) mushrooms and you know like lion's mane does this and mushroom like getting more you know he was listening to podcasts on not like magic mushrooms but like mushrooms Mm -hmm. in your food Mm -hmm. and use as a supplement and he was you know mansplaining that all over town to me stop mansplaining james um but then we got this opportunity for a sponsor with a drink that literally fit into like all these categories of everything we had been doing yes and jamie with you know running and his athleticism and me i have all these ideas in my head like with art and this and that Mm -hmm. that i want to do but i'm not I'm what you'd call productive. <laughs> I actually like got diagnosed with ADHD, which I was the poster child in uh-huh. school, but that didn't exist, you know, in the 1980s. You were just a dumb asshole. Well, you weren't. Well, I mean, I got uh, A's, but yeah. through like grinding my, you know, just through pure force of will, I got my stuff <laughs> done um, and paid attention. Uh but yes, I have it for sure. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so this drink, then we thought, okay, we'll tr- we'll get it. We'll try it. And Jamie and I have been taking it for a month. Okay. And it is called Magic Mind. And I want you to look it up because they are currently having a 14-day try it during October okay. and November. And if you give it 14 days you're going to notice some differences. So what it is, is a little shot. It's a little shot in a little, little like, tiny baby bottle. I like bottle. where you're going with this now. Yeah, you know it's a I shot like you take in the morning. Yeah, okay. And it's it will help you with your productivity. And what it's supposed to do is have you less reliant on caffeine, like coffee, because so many people are shoving, like so many mm-hmm. of us are shoving caffeine into our body. Mm-hmm. And cre- the creator of it, James Bashara, he is a biggie in Silicon Valley. I don't even know what those people do, but they do, you know, computer things and yeah. entrepreneur things and business things. Well, he was like baselining coffee just to get through the day and be productive. And he ended up in the hospital. Oh, my God. That's what um, I do. with a heart okay. issue, which can happen. And so he started developing this with scientists and it's using all these things like Jamie's mushrooms that he had been talking mm-hmm. about. 
And that, what's that thing? Ashawanga, Ganga, Ganda. Yeah. You know, you've heard of yep. Ashkanda, Wanda. Yep. That and these 12 other ingredients, they also... Um, they also are carbon neutral and they donate and help like all of their focus goes to the Amazon rainforest and saving the rainforest. And that's something like I literally wake up at night sometimes worrying about that. The rainforest is dying like an acre a minute or whatever. And I think of all the animals that are dying right now and I can't help them. And I'll like panic in the middle of the night, like a total psycho and they donate. Yeah. says terrible anxiety. And they donate and give their drink and money to all sorts of various health chair or mental health charities and services like right up our alley right um so this drink is helps all of that as well as the anxiety that gets worse when you drink a shit ton of coffee so you take the shot in the morning with your with coffee. coffee okay you can take it and Thank then eventually God. you won't yeah, right. need the coffee as much okay. or you jamie has noticed even said after two days on it like i felt like I didn't need the coffee in the afternoon. I already was noticing it. And I'm noticing I don't even need to have, I've totally given up pop almost completely. Or we Mm -hmm. say pap in the Midwest. Yep. Boston says tonic, I think, which is weird. The South says Mm. Coke for every pop. And then everyone else says soda. I don't know. Um, I don't even need that. Um, I feel like totally productive. Like I've had another one of my ADHD pills. (laughs) Nice. And like I can, like today I worked for five hours on the podcast and like I, I, I haven't been able to be, like I felt like non-productive all mm-hmm. September, but as I'm getting this, like you really need, like we've going in on four, like three weeks taking it. So you really want to give it like 14 days. That's what they say. Okay. Um, but it is called Magic Mind. Um, and they are going to also help and sponsor us as well so thanks magic mind i know their support it's right up our alley and right what we have been trying so it is a productivity drink and you can go to magicmind.co and you can look up everything like i've just said they'll explain it but if you go to magicmind.co slash 14 days of magic it'll introduce you to um their hashtag 14 days of magic um, kind of promo or thing that they're doing. So if you just dr- get the magic mind and social media hashtag post 14, 14 days of magic, they are donating to the Amazon rainforest when they see that, or you might win prizes, things right. like that. You can also get a discount. We actually have a discount code. No, It is oh. husband 14. Husband 14, you can get 20% off your first pack and try it. Stop it. Um, so give it a try and try to join the challenge or go to the challenge thing and just look it up. I've just found like it's a really healthy drink that has literally the stuff I've been working for four years individually all in one drink. Um, and That's it's helping amazing. like giving to the, the things I care about. Right. And it was just like freakishly something that I just wanted to start taking. And they agreed to then sponsor us so if you could give them a a look again magicmind.co slash 14 days of magic i've just noticed like a ton of just feeling like i don't i don't need to rely on that caffeine i felt more productive and just more calm and less anxiety throughout my day and like my morning energy i'm a morning person more than a night person definitely um that that lasts a whole lot longer um and so I'm excited to just keep taking it throughout October and November, just seeing where it goes once it really gets into my body. But I mean, like yeah. you said, 
you had me at shot. Yes, it is a shot. A little yeah. tiny baby, cute little baby drink. And you just gulp and it's down. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, they took months and months and months and months and like so many different versions to get it okay, perfected. Get it um, but yeah. So give it a try. And Magic we'll have mind. Um, Magic mind. the website and all that shit in our notes. Okay, great. So um, anyway, I talked forever. Should we get into Jack the Dick Ripper? I mean, he didn't rip off dicks. He should have. Yeah, he, he ripped off vaginas. Clearly preying on the wrong sex. Oh, hell yeah. Sarah, let's get into this. Yes. Why? Um, so we're going to, we watched Murder Maps. And we've done a Murder mm-hmm. Maps before that dick who, um, it was that one, the, the died like, in the bathtub. Bath yeah. And yeah. then they had that yeah. forensic scientist that came in that was fa- a he fancy. He was like the first, first forensic scientist yes. and kind of a hottie. He was. Yeah. Um, we want, it, this is season five, episode one and two. It's a two part episode. So they covered him in two parts. And you would, would be surprised that there are not a whole lot of Jack the Ripper episodes of Discovery Plus shit out there. Well, you it would, is very, not yeah. a whole lot. Well, also, it's because they don't really know who he... I mean, people keep saying they th- say he, they know who he is, but... but they don't know shit. It's unsolved, yes. kind and of. And it you never know? will like, be. Right. It never right. will be. So there's not a lot, because it's kind of an unsatisfying ending. And I, it's satisfying yeah. for us, because he's a huge dick. Right. So. And I totally want to be one of those people that goes to Whitechapel in London and takes the Jack the Ripper tour. Lori Schwartz, who I work with, did it. She, and she did said it. it was really cool. Um. But I totally want to white bump. Yeah, be one of those show, dicks who tour. This show is really poo pooing the whole like uh, lore, the folklore. Oh yeah, like you're a really uh, super Ripper. creep. And we're like, no, like, that's no. who we are. Yeah, and I'm like, sorry, that's who I am. That's that is why who I am. fucking murder podcasts yep. are everywhere, and everyone loves Dateline. So suck it, so dicks. Stop calling us assholes. We're watching your show, Murder Man. But Jack the Ripper did his killings in the fall. So the exact time we're at now through august through november they called it the autumn of murder yes 1888 um before we get into life in 1888 which sounded which sounded really shitty actually Uh, shittier than our lives yeah and our lives are pretty shitty yeah um there are some books you can check out as well that were really good so patricia cornwell who does uh she already does like a whole series of books about a detective. So a lot of people have probably read hers. Mm-hmm. She did a um, true book. So a nonfiction book where she feels she solved and found out who Jack the Ripper was. It's called Portrait of a Killer, where she says it's this dick artist called Walter Sickert. Mm-hmm. And even if it's him or not, reading her book, I read it twice. The was, Patricia Cornwall yes, book? Yeah. Was, I was fascinating because the details she went into of the day-to-day life for Anyone, but especially women in Whitechapel at that mm-hmm. time are horrifying, which we'll get into. And just even what this guy, Walter Sickert, went through, he was, he t- it totally could have been him because he was in these places exactly where Jack, at the time of Jack the Ripper was. And he had the extreme trauma where he would, f- mm-hmm. it fit the profile. Um, Haley Rubenhold wrote The Five, and that concentrates yep. on the five women more than Jack. So if you want to learn about them. And, and then, then I also watched something that the Smithsonian Network put on, Cold Justice. And um, 
they think it was the guy who was at actually discovered the body was caught discovering the first body. Oh, they think it was what the fuck was his name? I think we say it when I think it's in I here. I wrote it down. Um, Charles Allen Cross. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, that's who they think. Hmm. Um, and then Lucy Andrew, who was in the show we watched, she wrote a book called Capturing Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. So those are all pretty good if you want to, you know, read some more on it. Okay. But 1888. So if we went to London, 1888. Is that a spider behind you or is that one of those? Oh, it's a box elder oh, it's bug. Just a I box have those elder all bug. over okay. the place. No, God they're damn it. everywhere. They're everywhere. I had them crawling on my arm today. Oh. Okay. I just everywhere. didn't have my glasses on and it looked... Um, so in London, London at this time was the largest capital in the world. Queen Victoria in 1888 had already been on the throne for 50 years. <laughs> she, uh, is she the one that was like as wide as she was tall? I just fi- picture her as like a ball. Is she the one who died in the crown? No, I mean, no, she was. Who? Because so Queen Mom. Queen Victoria. Like in the first, what? Okay, because this is 1888, right? Yeah. So it's someone who is the queen. Then there was someone who was the king. That's who she was married to. And then the king. Like her son was king, right? And then Elizabeth. Well, I don't know. But if her son was king, she had to be something. I don't know. I think she cacked when he became king. Because she was queen. She wasn't like queen regent. She was the queen. Queen Victoria. Is that what you're saying yeah. to me? Yes. <laughs> not like Queen Mary. No. And not Queen... Queen yeah. Victoria. She was the queen and she died in 1901. Oh, yeah. She's... And then... Oh, she was very short. Yeah, she was as tall as she was round or as wide. She never grew and her marriage nine pregnancies and a lifetime of overeating took their toll on her figure well and she spread outward this is what's on wikipedia well they're talking about she was well i mean she was clearly (laughs) as wide as she was tall and good for her anyway they had indoor electricity then some believe it or not they still had gas lamps outside, which we will talk about, because Whitechapel in the East End had very few gas lamps, so it was dark as shit at night. Mm-hmm. The main department store in London, now there are obviously several, but it was Whiteley's. There was just really one you went to, like okay. a department store at the time to buy stuff. But in the United States, we were having what Mark Twain later, later dubbed the Gilded Age. Where industry and a whole bunch of shit, like rapid economic growth, people were actually becoming consumers and buying a lot of shit. Um, That's kind of the Gilded Age. We, of course, the South was still crushed from the Civil War and they were still, you know, Mm -hmm. fucking suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, Everywhere else was experiencing huge growth. Unions finally got the eight hour workday. We abolished child labor. um, So people were working a lot less. Um, Thomas Edison's lab that year actually got the first prototype for the phonograph and the motion picture camera in 1888. Washington Monument opened up. I didn't. In 1888? Yeah. We had the first electric streetcar in 1888 and the first deodorant called Mum 
1888. And that's where our careers began. Yeah, our careers took off. Grover Cleveland was president, but mm. lost to Harrison, but then was elected again after Harrison had four years. I don't get that. Um, yeah, and Glover, Grover Cleveland was as tall as he was wide, I'm, I think. Who so, is, is he in the bathtub? No, that was Taft. Yeah, Taft always was big too. Was, he always had a had cigar. A and, yeah. Back, back oh, geez, Taft, you asshole. Um, yeah. Susan B. Anthony started the Congress for Women's Rights. Fuck yeah, she Sus. was working her asshole off. Mm-hmm. Casey at the Bat by Ernest Thayer was mm-hmm. published. Uh, That's National a Classic Geographic Society was founded, and Kodak was founded. People Your were favorite. taking pi- dick yeah. pics back then and sending them to their by mail. Yeah, by mail to their significant other. Can you imagine opening up that envelope? No. What is this? <laughs> it's what fuzzy, is this? Fuzzy and kind of blurry. Yeah. Um. These are the songs that were there were popular songs? in okay. 1888. Where did you get that hat? I heard that there was people just killing it in covers of where did you get that hat? <laughs> that, that was Joseph J. Sullivan. Joseph J. Sullivan Fucking just musical genius. Just was a banger after um, banger. <laughs> and then everybody's favorite, the whistling coon. Oh Jesus. By Sam DeVere. Well I mean did you have to like you had to, obviously they didn't have the phonograph yet, so they had to play this shit live. Uh Unreal. Yeah, in hymns and folk songs. Ugh. And obviously everybody was yeah, rocking out to where did you get that hat? Oh my god. They just had just shit. Sorry, you guys. That's why it, it was so bad. It was. All right, so we're gonna go to London. Okay. We're going to go to the shittiest place that ever existed in London, the White Chapel District in the East End. Um, we're going to August, where it's hotter than shit, probably in 1888. Is that where'd you get that hat? I already can it tell. It sure is. I already can tell that it's killing it. Was his hat like a big two boobs or something? Like the <laughs> two boobs hat? So this guy had to look a fool. I guess and wear this to ridiculous his hat. Grandfather's money. And people would have to like dance with your bow to this or yeah. something and be like, why yeah. what is what is life for? Where did you get that hat? Um, that's I don't I felt like they deserved more than where'd you get that hat? Well, these poor people. That's all they had, Sarah. They all right. So it. we're going to the very end of August. Okay. August 31st, 1888. Humidity is probably pretty bad. It's probably pretty hot. And you live in the largest capital in the world where they even showed a sketching of people crossing. Maybe it's London Bridge. I don't know. It was a bridge. Yeah. And there was one a person every inch. Just 
going to and from mm-hmm. and so crowded and your fucking horses and in all of your clothing you were they wore so much clothing men just to i mean even when you were poor you still had to wear a goddamn whole suit and a hat women were wearing 800 layers how did you not just drop dead i mean they did i guess what in the hell they did drop dead yeah and so then Whitechapel was for the poorest of the poor for even the poor Whitechapel was poor um it had the cheapest everything cheapest lodgings cheapest drink cheapest all sorts of stuff and they called the homeless then rough sleepers I guess they kept saying rough sleeper and I think that's just homeless where you just literally sleep in the alley it's rough it's rough as shit yeah Anyway, so we're at August 31st. Um, Londoners are just going about their their day, but they have no idea that the next 10 weeks, an anonymous asshole is going to take over everything. The newspapers, which is all they have. That was their Netflix. You know, like we can watch the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix or whatever, and everyone talks about it or Stranger Things or whatever. They had... A millions of newspapers that were just there was newspapers everywhere like tons like three they said like 300 local newspapers for local like your little district you know west end east end you know your little tiny section and then there were what how many weekly newspapers and nightly newspapers like 30 or i mean there's for one city so the news was like they were news freaks and that and they said they were mostly literate right like over 70 percent people could read which is pretty good which is why the papers were so important in this whole thing right Right. and i mean yeah they say currently like united states citizens is like 50 and that's not good that's embarrassing it sure is um anyway they this show they do talk about the fascination that the Ripper murders create, obviously from the past, like a hundred and whatever, 40 years or 30 years, whatever it's been. And it has been just because it's been, it's, you can imagine in Whitechapel when we talk about how many people were per acre. Yeah. Stuff like oh that. When God. we get to, was that yeah. not crazy? Um, yeah. And you can imagine someone died every minute, mm-hmm. but the fact that these five murders, still 130 years later mm-hmm. are fascinating these five when they were probably 35 the hour before the first murder you mm-hmm. know in that area why are those not getting it att- why these got the attention it's just one of those things that i think just sparked you know mm-hmm. um because seriously people were dying constantly in this area they they had to be all the time in london i mean just from the heat and the stench the stench you had horse poop everywhere. Everyone's stench. Your people are shitting on the f- ground, and there's no toilet paper. No, there's no deodorant. Yuck! I mean, the stench alone. Good God. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so we're late August, and white, like we said, Whitechapel is the area. But all of the reports of Jack the Ripper, what we're getting from it mm-hmm. pretty much comes from they talk a lot about the newspapers and back then there were not really policies or regulations you just kind of wrote the best you could to give the gist but also spark enough interest that people bought your newspaper so you might sprinkle in a little bit of you know drama into mm-hmm. it 
And one lady had the example, you might go to an inquest and a witness statement, you could have 50 newspaper reporters there, and every report is different. No one had a verbatim statement from the witness, everyone put their own twist on it. So how much we can really take from this is questionable. You know, questionable. Yeah. Yep. And because London had the police records, they didn't obviously have computers, they were in boxes. And 130 years later, a lot of the shit is ruined and London got the shit bombed out of them in the forties. And a lot of the stuff got destroyed. Mm -hmm. So we're going on the barest of bones here. But if we go back to Whitechapel, so living in Whitechapel sounded like um, the worst hell you can imagine. And Patricia Cornwell's book, um, again, it's for people that are really at they're at the lowest point of their lives. They go to Whitechapel just because I might be able to get a room and sleep because it's the cheapest lodgings I can have, or it's the cheapest drink I can get to stop my DTs or whatever. She talked about how, especially women, women were, you had no choice, which we'll talk like we'll get into a little bit. If you hit the skids, you had no choice, but to either figure i mean go to Whitechapel or just be a rough sleeper in the middle of london and just and die, die. Yeah. uh and die and people wanted to yeah. patricia said people wanted women wanted to kill themselves all the time but they were so poor they literally didn't have utensils or knives so they would just dig with their fingernails into their own throat to kill themselves to cut their throat oh, no. and so many women did that they just got to the point where i they just ripped their own throats apart because they didn't even have anything to kill themselves with that's how desperate and horrible and i mean bottom of the barrel they were yeah. i mean just this is a a shitty place where yeah. people in london called it the continent beyond and they called the people that live there the people of the abyss, the abyss. so they knew they were just these poor unfortunates yeah they're in the dark it like there's no gas don't it's even dark look. as shit yeah don't even look at them which they thought They're like the untouchables yeah, yeah they were and this i read that there was salvation army at the time and they tried oh. to do some help but okay. otherwise there was no government programs at all you fend you just would fend for yourself there was no okay there was nothing especially for women and if you didn't have a job and if you had kids you, you, just, you just knew your kids would die and you would mm -hmm. die you're just you would die that's what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of different um, people from different countries coming in, refugees in the area as well, which London society was kind of like, oh, that's the area where all the refugees go, whatever, you know. But to typical London, there was about 50 people for acre, which is crowded as fuck. Yep. Um, and in Whitechapel, in some of the areas, it was about 175 people. But in the Jack the Ripper killing section of Whitechapel, the Dorset Street area, kind of where he did most of his killing, the population was 800 people per acre. So some boarding rooms, which are sometimes literally like you're lucky if it's a five by five room might have 35 people mm -hmm. in it. Where are you, where are you sitting where are you sleeping? You're Where are you shitting? Like on top of each other. Well, then some would be working at night. Some yeah. would be working the day. Yeah. So you might only have 15 people in there. Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't even, I, and they would just be in the streets, like in the alley. They just showed, they, the mm. pictures they had, people would just be in the alley, mm -hmm. just sitting there 
where the horses are shitting and pissing and you're shitting and pissing and you're starving and you're some mostly an alcoholic and you can't even buy a drink anyway so white chapel had this really dark reputation already and it literally was dark so the west end would have fancy rich people gas lights and was beautifully lit and had a park and had lots of policemen around um so e- the east end and especially white chapel had very very few gas lamps so it was literally when the dark hit mm-hmm. very very dark and they thought that made it a really perfect hunting ground for this killer but we get to our august 31st so it's very dark and like you mentioned charles cross finds a body yes so very early in the morning he finds a body now Charles knew these he knew the streets cuz he lived in Whitechapel. He was a 39-year-old porter. I don't know what the hell that is. But he was going it was like a, yeah. um dry they said it was a in the other one yeah. that I watched, they said it was like a delivery person. All right. He was so like the Amazon driver. He was the Amazon guy. Yep. All right. So he's going to work early ass in the morning. Um, he worked on Broad Street. Nobody cares, but he did. Nope. So he went along a route called Bucks Row. And Who the he, fuck is about Broad Street? Yeah, Broad Street, go fuck yourself. Not us. He spots a woman slumped in the gateway. Mm-hmm. And what they say is that's not unusual because that's a rough sleeper, just a homeless sleeping in the alley, um, which was happening all the time. But he thought something about her looked off maybe it was because she was flat on her back and fucking dead but anyway he he kind of pauses and then another guy comes up so this is might be where like another guy catches him Mm -hmm. looking at her so that Mm -hmm. could go with what you're saying together they said either she's dead drunk or she's dead and these two dicks not wanting to be late to work and i wrote megan Megan would have been late to no, work. No, I would have She'd stayed been like, there. Yep, and been you would have like, stayed there all this? day. What's going on? They yep. were like me and said, I'm going to be yep. late for work. I better get to step in, even if there's a dead lady here. Yep. They move on, but on their way to work, they tell a policeman that there's this dead bitch in the alley. She might be dead or drunk. I don't know. And they took off. So neither man noticed that her throat was cut to I mean, shit. That's typical of a man. Typical of a man. Yeah. Um, and there were slices all over her body. Or no. Um, and they only really discovered that once they picked her up and took her to the morgue, which they did not have many uh, protocols for forensics. So they would always wash the body first and pretty much washing any clues away if yeah. they were to take any. Um, and you on, can see a lot of real mortuary photos of Jack the Ripper's victims. They didn't show a whole lot here, but mm-hmm. online is almost, I think, all of their photos. Um, some... Very, I think there's one like in situ of where she was killed online, but the rest are in the in the morgue. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the damage done to them, which is quite awful. Anyway, they uh, she had a wound that ran down her abdomen, and it was super deep, um, and really vi- this violent jagged cut all down her abdomen, which was so unusual. They thought, well, why why is this person cutting like her whole? Mm-hmm stomach and torso open because like we said there were dead fellas and gals all over the place oh she's dead oh god he's dead or bob died this morning or gail everyone's cut her whole neck off with her fingernails i mean that's what i try to do at staff meetings but it doesn't work (laughs) 
Um, so, I mean, there was literally just people dying constantly. Yeah. So the fact that even this death, this murder of some random woman that nobody cared about, even is in the news, is a, mm-hmm. a miracle, actually, mm-hmm. that this stood out. But it stood out because she had this jagged... She was shredded she was ripped you know she was ripped open she was shredded and it was so unusual to be that brutal because the deaths were just suicides or from sickness or from Mm -hmm. starvation or from alcoholism and there were not violent killings like this uh her name they figured out was mary ann nichols Mm -hmm. and they said she was a rough sleeper (laughs) i just don't like that term i know it just um, makes me think of like every night when yeah, I'm like, I'm a rough sleeper, but all that means you sleep yeah. out in the alleyway. No, um, it just means like sometimes you have a hard time falling asleep yeah, or you wake no, up and you have anxiety thoughts. In a white yeah. chapel homeless. Yeah. Her, she went by Polly, which was cute. Um, she had a husband. She had a home. She had a family. She was actually the daughter of a blacksmith. She married a guy named William Nichols. Uh, he was a printer and that's a pretty good job and they ended up having Mm -hmm. five kids together and she was just living with a printer husband they they were poor but that was a respectable job so you were kind of a lower middle class but you were respectable um and you weren't like these dirty Whitechapel pores that nobody should care about like most of london thought um polly was really happy with william um but but they kind of started fighting a lot. And those fights would send Polly, they said, to the bottle. Mm. And William went to the whore next door yeah. and started porking his neighbor. Stop um, it, William. That didn't help Polly's boozing because Polly decided she's going to booze more because her husband's porking her friend next door. Right. And as of March 1882, at age 34, she said, fuck off to William and left her family. So I don't know the deal with her kids or what happened to her kids or if they were old or what she took off. Um, She had, as all women did at that time, zero rights to her own property. Mm -hmm. Um, She had no means of independent living. If you got a job, you might have been okay, but it would be some sort of a service job, but God forbid you did the wrong step or got pregnant you were immediately fired um you would have nothing after that and you would end up pretty much all those women if you didn't have a family you could move into you didn't have a man that could help you you would have to get married even if you liked it or not so that man could support you um even if he's beating the crap out of you um if you didn't even have that or you weren't a nanny or a maid or something that's where these women would knew I'm going to go to Whitechapel and they would, cause they could afford lodging there yeah. and they would often end up in prostitution um, because well, that's, that's the only way you, you could, could make do. money. Yeah. That was literally yeah. all they could do. Yeah. Um, so Polly though, she's, you know, she's trying to kind of make it on her own and her dick husband no. finds out that she was trying to see another guy this dick then goes to their magistrate or whatever, like the court, and says, she's cheating. Well, he's already having an affair with the neighbor. Right. And so he had to pay her weekly payments, I guess. 
So she was getting some tiny bit of money from her husband just okay. because they were still legally married, I guess. So this was like divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her tiny little pittance of a weekly payment for her husband ended mm-hmm. in 1882. And she was just, she had nothing then. So she lived on the streets and would do what she could to get money just, and then she would go immediately and buy booze because that's what, that was mm-hmm. all you had. She knew that there was no chance for her at this point. There was no one that was going to take her in. There was, she would try to go to a workhouse, but she needed a certain amount of money. Um, and she ended up in Whitechapel where all the most desperate people end up. They also said that she, you know, why you ended up in Whitechapel is because there were people like you, you know, that were either right. addicted to alcohol or addicted to some kind of drug. And they weren't going to say, Oh, you're a, you know, a dirty bitch. Well, you're also a dirty bitch. You know, you, you alcoholic. You found, yeah. Let's go drink. That's right. what they said. You found people that were like yeah. you that had a rough yep. go of it. Yeah. A lot of times women that just had n- yes. n- no fault of their own. You were given the shaft and you ended up completely without anything. And there was nothing you could do to stay. You had to stay alive. No, yeah. Um, so she found people like her. Um, but the last night of her life in 1888... She was drunk. They said she was leaving Mm -hmm. a pub shortly after Mm -hmm. midnight. She wanted to go to a boarding house and get a room, but she didn't have any money. So she was turned away. Uh, Her friend at the time, Ellen Holland, told police that she had bumped into her about at 2 a.m. And that she was really, really, really drunk and she couldn't even stand up straight. And Ellen said, come with me. Let's go um, to her lodging or whatever. And Polly just staggered away and said, no. I'm going to earn my own money, something like that. Um, and then at like three-ish, almost close to 4 a.m., that's when her body was discovered um, dead. And so she ended up being the first known victim of Jack the, the Ripper, Ripper in Whitechapel, where there could be more that just weren't reported mm-hmm. on. But as what we know, um, she was the first at first when they discovered her body, there were two attacks or two murders before that way in the spring. So several months before that, but those two murders ended up being not related to Jack the Ripper, Mm -hmm. but Emma Smith was murdered and they think that she actually was murdered by a group of men. They were called a high rip gang and they would go around to sex workers and rough them up and extort money out of them and you'd be like what the hell guys i have three cents i'm already feeling really bad about myself and my life and you're gonna come rough me me up so they're trying to like be pimps or something i think and they killed her fuck them um and then another woman this martha tabram was stabbed with a bayonet that sounds like a really awful way to go. And who yeah, is walking around with a goddamn bayonet in Whitechapel stabbing people? God damn it. Anyway, those two what the fuck? were thought it's not Jack's MO, you know, mm-hmm. so um, poor Polly was the first. Now we get a few, like a two weeks come mm-hmm. after. So not much is coming from Polly Nichols' death. It's just kind of stunning how brutal it was. It's in the papers. And gross. And they're yeah. saying it's kind of like these two murders before, but not really. You know, she was murdered, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And by the time even she's already through the morgue and everything, September 8th comes. So if, like t- a week later, 
almost, we get our second murder. And this is on Hanbury Street area of Whitechapel. And it's shortly before 6 a.m. This dick called John Davis is coming down from his room. And they said like he lived in a boarding house that had like 100 people in it. Mm -hmm. And everyone's coming and going at all times of the night. So it had to be loud as fuck and stink like shit. So he's waking up going to work. There was a very small yard in the back. So a lot it would be like these rows of houses. Right. And then they would be connected by small yards and like alleyways. And there was probably just millions of little alleyways and weird areas you could go into. I mean, you could hide... could kill a million people and just hide in these alleyways and just go in the dark and, and people it seems like, just walk over them because they think they were drunk right I, 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 it's just yeah like a mess yeah anyway he goes out into the yard it's in the morning and he finds annie chapman our second victim of jack the ripper um what they said is they thought jack felt he had time to spend on annie because she is much more mutilated than the first victim polly Ugh. her throat was cut like polly um, her stomach was cut open like Polly, but mm-hmm. where it is different is fucking gross. So be trigger yeah. warning of gross stuff. But as that's but probably what you want, you're listening. Us. So that's what yeah. you want. This Dick Jack cuts her open jagged, like a big jagged cut because they had drawings of it too. It wasn't even a good cut. Yeah. So I kept thinking he was a surgeon, but it's like a, I mean, like he was dancing the Macarena cutting her open <laughs> It was horrible, but I think he was cutting through all of her stay. I mean, she'd wear probably wearing 400 layers then, too. He takes, he pulls out her intestines, pulling them out, pulling them out, pulling them out, pulling them out, pulls them all out and throws them over her shoulder. Oh, my God. So she had all of her intestines over her whole body, over her shoulder and behind her head. She had some organs removed. Um, And then one of the ladies said... She was cut from her rib cage to her crotch. She said crotch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she said he cut out her uterus, which I guess thanks. That's probably the best thing that yeah. ever happened to her. And why does he want it? Why did he want it? He was trying to help her. I guess. I don't know. Um, if you read like Patricia Cornwell's Wall's book, like the sickered guy had such a hatred like she talks about his hatred for women that that makes sense like if you that actually makes sense it's where like he would want to take like you're mad at your mom because his penis was deformed and he needed to have all these surgeries on his wang when he was a young kid without any anesthesia and so he had like this sexual he couldn't have sex and so he hated these kind of sex workers and women and the fact that they taunted him with having sex and he couldn't have sex and he was uh, taking their she thought yeah. he, that makes sense which it yeah, kind of does it does but yeah. he also it says he cut her vagina like how do you cut like cut a vagina out did he like well there's like i mean did he cut like the i mean how do you what are you yeah, cutting out just the skin or something i guess god what a perv too so he's in there doing all this and it's dark i mean what oh and this god yeah anyway so that her death actually started of course crazy conspiracy theories there's probably a QAnon group of white chapel yep yep anyway they said it's medical doctors they're just killing people to have fresh organs and i was like i think there's enough dead people 
through other means yeah. that they could get that. Everyone's I don't think they need to just uh, every day in Victorian England murder random women. Yeah, um, but that ends up not. Keep you talking. Know. I'm gonna get yes. something else to drink. Oh, go ahead. Because um, I'm the booze hound. And Annie Chap Annie Chapman. So the second one's body. Um, I broke it. Oh, oh no, I didn't. Okay. You got it. Okay. Um, okay. was so just horribly butchered that it was like the extreme where people just said this is so unusual like they didn't back then you just don't think and i think they know that human nature is terrible obviously they've seen terrible things but i think you know in the newspapers this being reported back then you know polite society would never talk about like vaginas being cut out and shit like that in the newspapers that this was just so horrifying that the second murder attached to Nichols just started this frenzy of what the hell is happening in Whitechapel and the Whitechapel murders became a major event now during the like when her murder when her body was discovered Police came pretty quickly. A crowd gathered right away. Reporters came right away. And within like 20 minutes, newspapers were coming out with all this information. So I'm sure even before police are trying to figure out what the hell is going on, there's already stories being written about this murder. Um, Which, again, totally can mess up any kind of investigation as well as all sorts of people around trampling evidence, um, putting their footprints all over. Uh, I mean, all of that. They're, they had no chance to solve this. None. Um, but this, these Jack the Ripper murders were actually one of the first instances of kind of a, a, a media where media is in a frenzy trying to get the story. Yes. The Whitechapel area was so small. Detectives were followed by reporters where they could just all go and find a policeman or a reporter. And when our detective would go talk to someone or try to get a witness statement, the reporters would be right there and follow the detectives and then get the story. And, and it would be in the newspaper yeah. instantly. Yeah. And then it just, everything was out. So any Jack the Ripper could read the newspaper 20 minutes right. later and see what the police know right. and work around it. They just, again, didn't have a chance. Yeah. Um, but People who are reading about this in fancy, you know, West End or the higher life are starting to read as well Mm -hmm. about the life of these women and what they're going through in Whitechapel and getting some more awareness of, holy shit, some people are living in some terrible conditions and life is really hard for some other people and waking up to how awful it is in some of these areas of the city they live in. And it's in it, which is was kind of a good thing for them to have more awareness of it. But too bad it had to happen in this horrific crime. You know, they're learning some empathy for these people, but they're already dead. You know, and it's just kind right. of sad. Anyway, if we learn a little bit more about poor um, Annie here, Annie Chapman, she had a life that you would not even think that it would end up as Jack's second victim. She started out as Eliza Smith, went by Annie. She had a father, George, who was actually a trooper in the cavalry for the goddamn Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. Or And he was one of her like guards that wore the goddamn helmets with the feathers and shit. And she grew up right next to the castle. Like 
right right next to royalty all the time around all the royal guards i mean totally in protected by the guards mm-hmm. her dad was one of them and she was living a pretty nice life until 1854 when scarlet fever hit mm. their household and killed everybody all of her siblings except her so every single other child died except annie and her parents so extremely traumatic because she had quite a few siblings they all died it was so traumatic that her dad then killed himself nine years later oh no um, which traumatized her even more Mm -hmm. so annie was left just with her mother her mother had to take lodgers in to help pay for everything or she would have been a rough sleeper one of the lodges was named john chapman and he seemed to be handsome i guess so annie married him (laughs) Um, and we use handsome loosely yes Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna use handsome for annie as well because annie is the only jack the ripper victim that had a photograph of herself while she was alive um and at best she can be described as very handsome oh oh Oh, annie i'm sorry (laughs) I really am sorry, Annie. That's I'm totally sorry inappropriate. That you died and had horrible experience. But they even called her homely in the show. Oh no, yeah. um, Annie. But with her husband, she had quite a nice life. They lived on a country estate nice. of an employer that lived right next to Windsor, um, in the castle. So yeah. she actually yeah. was living pretty nice. For her to have photographs taken of herself right. and her children, they were doing pretty However well. However unfortunate they were. Yes. Sorry. In her yeah. picture, um, she was wearing a handsome brooch and handsome earrings. Mm. And her husband was showing off his pocket watch, which I guess was a big ass deal back then. He was a coachman, so he'd drive some, you know, drive fancy people around. Mm. Um, they were sitting in their parlor and they even said, if you had a parlor, you were doing pretty fucking well. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two daughters and she had middle-class aspirations that her daughters would marry well and do well. Um, but Annie, she was a booze hound mm. and having a booze hound life was not, uh, it, it was bad for her. She inherited the disease from her father. So she probably, he was a, a booze hound and of course the trauma of having your whole family right. pretty much die in front of you maybe led to her drinking. how else are you going to deal with yes it? yeah she went to one of the very first women's rehab centers oh i didn't God. even know they would have them then for i didn't even know th- yes wow. and she went for a year oh. but when she got out of it she went right back to drinking i mean she was so traumatized they probably didn't think Damn. why are you drinking well they my whole family died in front of me they so, were just like making sure she couldn't get her hands on alcohol, right. not actually working on. Right. And she got out and she was like, taxi and went right to the pub. <laughs> like a lot of people do. Um, and she relapsed. And oh, unfortunately, Annie. her husband was like, bitch, I can't take it anymore. No. And she got kicked out. Hmm. Um, she was 47. She was penniless, depressed, and she was also this poor lady dying of tuberculosis. She had TB too? Oh, so the night of September 7th, 1888, this 47-year-old my age, Mm -hmm. who has been kicked in the crotch her whole life, Mm -hmm. 
she's just trying to live as a little girl with her dad being a queen's guard and she gets kicked in the asshole um by alcohol and just life in general and scarlet fever right um and she's trying to look for a lodging house okay and she can't find anything it's 2 a.m she was turned out into the streets it's because she couldn't yeah i must be lonely yes pretty much i just had to change the lyrics so. uh she didn't have enough money to pay for the cheap you know bu- lodging and so she would have to be a rough sleeper and they literally said the lodging there was like as big as you could fit your bed in like a chamber pot and a bed and then you right and there's probably and 35 door. other yeah. people in yeah. there too oh oh shit there is a witness that said he saw her right out the door where in the street where she died a half an hour before she was killed. And they said she was talking to a man described as foreign looking. Hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. And then they said a few minutes later, a young carpenter was around hanging around where she was. Okay. And he heard a woman cry no and fall against a fence. Oh, Jesus. Um, so that but they said people were screaming there constantly yeah i'm sure it was loud and drunk and screaming and yelling all the time we're sick and dying and screaming they're drunk and rolling around there's pubs everywhere there's people fighting everywhere getting the shit kicked out of them by their husbands yeah it's awful and so so somehow the press gets these witness statements and they get this idea that there was a guy in a leather apron hanging around where Annie Chapman was killed because there happened to be a leather apron found in the street mm-hmm. by her. And so they start saying in the newspapers, we are searching for a suspect, leather apron. You know, they're saying leather apron is the, which is kind of freaky, like a big leather apron and a butcher knife well, would be like horrifying. Leather face yes, kind of. Yeah. They described Leather Apron, though, as 5'4 with dark hair and a dark mustache and uh, a Jewish appearance. No. What the hell does that mean? 5'4? Dark hair, dark mustache, and a Jewish in, a, Jewish in appearance. 5'4 is very small. And here is the first instance where finger pointing at the Jewish population for Jack the Ripper started. And it yeah. was continued throughout the entire process of these 10 weeks because they found that thing on the door right yes yeah there was writing on the wall for one of the victims and why why do the jewish people keep getting blamed for everything throughout history (sighs) i mean i could go into the history of anti-semitism but i won't it's fucked yeah um but, the, you know, the thing about Whitechapel, too, was that it was full of immigrants. And they mentioned that several times. Yes. So, like, saying someone was foreign, like, there were people there Every, sorry, from everywhere. Everywhere. They said there were Jews from Russia and Europe that were coming in because of the pogroms that were going on. Yes. And they were their shit was getting burned and their towns were getting, like, their women were getting raped and pillaged. And so they came here and then there were people from ireland and welsh people like there was just it was like a melting pot and so i don't under i mean i don't know it's so fucked it is well anyway this polish boot maker who had a reputation for threatening prostitutes with a long blade cool you're a cool guy 
two days after Annie Fucking was discovered. Yeah. His name was John Pizer. The police questioned him, but he had solid alibis for both murders. I mean, really? Did you check him? But anyway. Um, Probably that he was threatening other prostitutes, other sex yes. workers. And yeah. as they are looking for suspects, they just described like there would be a hundred people in a lodging house and you wouldn't even like, they would be there one day, but then gone the next, yeah. you'd never learn their name. And one of this one Dick knew mm-hmm. something, you would never get information from them. You would never learn their name. You would never find them again. This was an impossible task. Totally impossible. Um, this it's quiet for a while after Annie is murdered we go two weeks, maybe four, yeah, 17 days or so, 18 days, and nothing's happening. And the newspapers are starting to get a little nervous because after Annie's death, they put both Polly and Annie's murders together and were saying there's this Whitechapel killer leather apron happening and papers were flying off the shelves and the little dumbass paper boys were selling them like crazy going papers, papes. Wait, what newsies? Newsies? They said papes. Yeah. So Christian Bale is selling newspapers like fucking wildfire. Oh my god, looking hot as shit. He was. And then Max Casella is out there going, He's the one on the the crutch. Who's the one with the crutch that was dancing? I don't know. Um, Let me look. It got pipes. Newsy with Crutch. crutch. Anyway. The newspaper people are getting very nervous because nothing's been happening for 19 days and everyone's wondering, you know, everything kind of calms down. People go on with their lives. Did you find him? Crutchy, Crutchy. was his oh, name. Crutchy. Crutchy. Oh, In Crutchy. Mm. Had, Who did he play? I don't know. Who, Who played, played Crutchy? Who played by him? Hmm. Uh, so the newspapers are getting a little nervous and this is where there's some controversy and you believe it or you don't but a Mm -hmm. letter is sent to the central news agency a mysterious letter a very unusual letter and they Hmm. say that yeah the central news agency receives hundreds and hundreds of letters from the public some are fucking nuts some are deranged Mm -hmm. and they just you know toss most of them but this one was different uh, it was signed with the name no one had heard before, and they said a name no one would forget. Signed by Jack the Ripper. The Ripper. So this happened after the arrest or questioning of Leather Apron. Jack the Fart Ripper. Yep, he ripped farts. Yes. So Jack warns in this letter, a letter that in there's the going to be new more murders and that he's going to clip the ears off his next victim and send it to the police. That, it was written in really good handwriting and Ooh. signed, yours truly, Jack the Ripper. And it said, don't mind me giving my trade name. And Jack the Ripper was born with mm-hmm. that writing. What the, I guess, scientists are writers that were in the show were saying is this a real letter Letter, yeah or was it from a reporter trying to spurn more interest in the papers and And that was really the whole thing of the whole deal was like it was so 
uh, there was it was so incensed by right everyone. It was just like you didn't know what was real and what wasn't, and it was all about what to believe, selling. what to not, yeah. and what is selling a myth and selling a you right. know selling, selling this idea, yeah. And because there were so many like penny dreadfuls and yes. and little stories of these murders that people were yeah. buying, and and it was just this media. Everyone, awakening to the idea of this true crime. Of true crime. Yes. I know it really is. Like there, there have always been people like us, listeners. Yes. And they thought, would this killer have done this? Would mm-hmm. he have been like this clever and came up with Jack the Ripper and mm-hmm. been this teasing, or would it have been a writer trying to just s- s- poke the fire? What is that? Spoke, folk, talk, like. Mm-hmm. You know you when you like say? you're trying to pu- with a fire. fire. I don't know. Yeah. Someone will yell it. Cassie's yeah. okay. Cassie, no, she anyway, doesn't. she's horrible at euphemism. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Anyway, Jack was a great name too because the plainness of Jack with the horror of the Ripper was oh a God. great oh. moniker. And Jack, like they were to say, they would say like Saucy Jack. And there were already two Jack Dicks from the 1830s that were these famous criminals Mm -hmm. that had been in the paper. And so Jack the Ripper took off. Um, But it wasn't shortly after that we get a two for one. So September 30th, just three days after Jack's letter, which could have been from Jack or not, he could have said like, I'm going to, he gave the, he Mm -hmm. could have been Jack the Ripper saying I'm going to kill again and he did very shortly or it could have been a lucky reporter writing and then Jack saw this in the paper and was like fuck you and got mad and struck again so this night September 30th Jack took two victims Mm. and still they're debating whether the first one I'll talk about was was not his because it did not match his MO yeah or he was either interrupted while killing her, and that's why he did not finish with what he did with the other four. Right. But we're at Dutfield's Yard. I don't know what Dutfield's Yard is, but it's in Whitechapel, and it had two big double gates. And we get this Louis Dem Diem Schutz Schultz Schutz. DM shuts. I it said lim shits in my shits. notes. Yeah, yeah. Deem, so like, we're just gonna call him Deem shits. Okay, and he's a street salesman, so I don't know what he does. He just goes around like in Oklahoma with a wagon and selling. <laughs> um, and Ada Annie would come up to him and try to escape town. Uh huh. So Dim Shits is walking around. He's coming <laughs> home at 1 a.m. with his pony and his cart. Yeah. And he's nearing these dark gates of Dutfield's yard because Whitechapel doesn't have goddamn lamps at Nothing. night. And his pony is starting to get nervous. Like, hee 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 hee. And he's saying, let's go straight, Dick. Let's go straight. <laughs> and the pony would not go. And he walks around the. D- trying to lead the pony yeah, to where he wants to it. go. Yeah. And he sees a body on the street. And this was not included in the show, but it was another thing I read. He okay. got so nervous because he thought the body was his wife that he takes off running to the pub where he assumed his wife was at 1 a.m. Drinking and boozing. He nice. runs into the pub and his wife is there drunk as shit. He's like, oh, my God, oh I thought it was you God. on the street. And she's okay. like, no, I've been here drinking. And so he runs back out to the body. <laughs> and I'm like, good for his wife. Just boozing all night where he's working and just... 
and having fun. Yeah. So he takes his horse whip. She and starts, was singing karaoke. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was singing Oklahoma songs. She loved it. Yeah. Um, she was singing uh, stroking <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> Stroking to yes. the east. Yeah. Um, Louis sure. pokes the body with his horse's whip. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not moving. And Mm-mm. he notices then that her throat is cut. Mm-hmm. And she did not have the extensive injuries that he had been reading about in the paper, but he still kind of freaks out. So this victim's name is Elizabeth Stride. You can also see pictures of her. Um, not alive, but in her mortuary photos online, because even not though, alive, no. um, even though she wasn't, you know, really torn up, Elizabeth Stride was 44 mm-hmm. and she also had a life where life kicked her in the vagina every single day with a steel toed boot. And then eventually her vagina was cut out. So yes. she's Well, she's the first one. Her she did not have a vagina cut out. She's the one who was found by the gate by the horse guy oh. dim shits. Oh. But Elizabeth Why had, am I so confused? Yes, I thought we one, just yeah. figured this out. Okay, no. keep going. Elizabeth um was from Sweden. Even yeah. though she had a perfect English accent, she was from Sweden. Mm-hmm. She grew up on a farm. Cool. And when she was 17, she walked into the nearest town to become a maid at the home of a middle-class family. Mm -hmm. And she worked there for five years, but then became pregnant, and she was not married. Um, And what happened then in Sweden was that if you were become pregnant, well, not married, and chances are um, it was someone in the household Probably the master of the household. So she was getting raped. That got her pregnant. Right. Screwing. Yes. Because the maids were not allowed to even leave that much. You would have to be put on. It's like fucking. um, What's that guy's name? Who is the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. He loves humping maids. And he loves humping maids and having kids with them. Yes. If you were unpregnant, I mean, if you were unmarried and pregnant, oh, or unpre- I'm or unpregnant right unpregnant now, unpregnant and a prostitute, okay. you would be put on the prostitution register, mm-hmm. and the register would have all the women of the town with their name on it, so everyone could see it, so the general population would know to stay clear from you because you probably had the venereal disease or the syphilis. Right. Or the herp or something. You had something. And she, because she was an unmarried pregnant, got her name on the prostitute register because she was an unmarried pregnant and they just assumed she was a prostitute right. and whoring herself out. Right. Even though she wasn't no. and who know the circumstances of how she became pregnant. Right. Since she was on the prostitution register, she had to be examined then for sexually transmitted disease regularly, which I guess maybe is, I don't know. Can't you just give them, I don't know. But at seven months pregnant, they realized she had got the syphilis from whoever got her pregnant. And she Who ended was up, probably fucking everyone else yes. and got syphilis from them and then gave it to poor. And she ended up miscarrying her baby because of the syphilis. Sad. And because she was humiliated by being on the prostitution register, she said, fuck it and left Sweden and went to England. Fuck Sweden is yes. what she said. 
Um, when she got to Sweden, she found work as a servant, and then she found a carpenter husband named John Stride. No, not Sweden. She didn't get to Sweden. She left Sweden. Yes. And, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. She got to London. Yeah, London. Yeah. And met John Stride and became Elizabeth Stride. Yeah. Um, but then her John died, mm. and she just couldn't take it, and she just kind of lost it and didn't know what to do with herself. So in 1884, after his death, she just snapped yeah and she ended up being a very drunken disorderly obscene language using oh my god um sex worker and was often arrested for prostitution she said if the world doesn't even care about me i'm not even going to give two fucks and she and then became a con artist i love it lying her way about london trying to trick people out of money and I thought, you know what? You do you. You go for it. <laughs> um, and she told all these lies, and she was just literally just trying to get enough goddamn money to eat. She was arrested for drunk and disorderly yeah. conduct and solicitation. So yes. eventually, but yeah. also she got arrested for obscene language. She probably just said, fuck off, dick, Can and then you, got arrested. We would be in jail. We non-stop. would never <laughs> be out of jail. No, because we're always drunk and disorderly in the and clink. obscene. Yeah. We would clink, hashtag clink We're life. In- <laughs> that would be ours. Hashtag clink life. Where are you? Hashtag clink life. I got arrested for obscene language again. Yep. Sorry, so she Mom. becomes a booze hound. Um, she actually does fall into prostitution in Whitechapel and is probably just like, fuck me. You know, again, I didn't, I didn't want to do any do. of this. Yeah. And just to stay alive, she has to, and she has syphilis. And so she's just like, Jesus H. Do they have antibiotics? I know. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. No, because that's maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, if it gets to a certain point, though, right? I don't know, but they they didn't treat him. He died of it. No, I don't know. We have to Hmm. look that up. Okay. So September 29th, 1888, she's in Whitechapel. They even said they could find out her last meal, which was potatoes, bread, and cheese. Um, that sounds like actually pretty good the perfect last she had bought a little red rose and pinned it to her chest and i thought she just you know she just wanted something of beauty in her day they they said she had a breath freshener yeah because she was was what trying to go out yeah she had a little sweet or a cashew cashews make your breath i don't know maybe better than the she maybe can just stand by a whole bunch of horse poop and smell better i don't know (laughs) Shoes smell better than horse poop. Yeah, and she went out, I guess, trying to get a trick or something. Um, we don't know really who she met, but witnesses say that she was around this grocer named Matthew, and he sold grapes to her and some other guy. But they were like, they don't, they don't know that story. And then another man said he, she saw, he saw her kissing and hugging someone else. Mm-hmm. And then someone said to a police officer, they saw her with a man that had a deer stalker hat and a dark overcoat. Are those those big tall hats that we always see? A to deer I don't know what that is. Deer stalker hat. Is that the Jack the Ripper hat he's always in? In a big cloak. So kind of the Jack the Ripper look? It's like a deerstalker is what... um, Old men wear? No, Hmm. what Sherlock Holmes wore. Oh, one of those. Well, maybe it was Sherlock Holmes. Where you tie it up on the top, the ear thing. Yeah. Well, that Jack doesn't wear that shit. No, he wore like a top hat, right? God damn it. 
anyway, um, there's a lot of witness statements and the police are, have no idea who to believe and who really saw her or what's going on. Anyway, um, she was probably with different men and she was in front of these gates and they're thinking that it wasn't even Jack that killed her because when they look, it seemed to be a very dull knife that ended up just she just had her throat slit. Okay. And if people are saying she's arguing with these men, they thought, oh, God, she's see- she's seeing and dating this guy named Michael Kidney. And he was known to be very violent. Yeah. And they thought maybe Michael found her. They had this fight and he did it. Um, but either way. It's still awful, but her death is tied to Jack the Ripper, and it's just kind of a little theory that it might have been her boyfriend, Michael Kidney, who sounds like a grade-A butthole. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yes. But we said this was a two-for-one. So as as, uh, poor Elizabeth is found, police officers scatter to the wind and try to track down a suspect. They get less than a mile away. And they find the second victim in like an alleyway. And her name was Catherine Eddowes. So Catherine Eddowes was discovered by a police officer with the last name of Watkins, PC Watkins, who was searching for any clues for the other murder earlier that evening. Poor Catherine Eddowes really got worked over. So she was found and was complete, was very mutilated. Uh, Jack's kind of, Jack's, it was definitely him. Right. He definitely did this one. Her throat was cut, but she had a cut along her face. And you can actually see photos of this, like over her cheek. And then it went down and cut her nose off. Ew. She was cut open from her crotch to all the way to like her breastbone, her neck, her intestines again were pulled out, thrown over her shoulder, like the previous, like Annie, and her kidneys were removed. Um, But what made it difficult is that each woman was killed in a different police jurisdiction. So we had one killed and the Metropolitan Police were handling that. But Eddowes was killed where the city of London police were trying to hear that. And no one around seemed to hear anything about both murders like you had said it was probably just loud as fuck and people yelling all the time anyway yeah but as police searched now from the second murder and they're going about in these alleyways they find a bloody piece of apron that was torn um from Catherine, and it was left in an alleyway and above it was chalk writing and that was the words where um it was blaming you know jewish well, they People. said they couldn't tell if it was don't blame the Jews or blame the Jews. Yeah. It, it, and the, because something was fucked up about how it was written. And it was spelled really the wrong. The guy was like yeah. fucking not great at expressing his ideas through writing. Right. I guess. Yes. Um, but poor Catherine, like, was just an alcoholic. Right. She wasn't a she prostitute. She wasn't a prostitute. She had actually been in jail that night. Yes. Because she got arrested for being hammered. Yeah. And she wanted out. And so she slept for yes. a while and then woke up and was like, let me go home. And so at 1230, they let her go, but she was still hammered. And then she fucking got murdered. Yeah, and she wasn't even supposed to be in Whitechapel. 
So in mm. in August, people from London would walk to Kent and they would yeah. help the hop harvest and you would get paid and you would get booze yeah. and beer and you yeah. would get lodging and it was a great job. But that year there was awful weather. So the hop harvest was ruined. It was and like so drop. Yes. Yeah. It was like so much. Catherine rain. had to walk back and she actually was doing this with her partner, like her yeah. boyfriend or whatever. Um, and so she walked back and arrived in Whitechapel the 28th of se- September, two days before she was killed. Yeah. And was like, that sucked. Yes. And she was like, I thought it was going to work there. So she, she actually had a boyfriend who was another traveling peddler yeah. named Thomas Conway. Um, and, and they, they were together for 20, yes, 20 years, years or something. And they yeah. would just go about like singing and performing and trying to sell shit and traveling all over. And it was a really kind of hard job. And she became a booze hound. They had hound. kids and stuff. They had and kids. All, yes. That was a shitty but life. Her infant daughter had died. Her mm. son grew up but he died thomas started getting violent and drunk and then Catherine started drinking hardcore um she took up with another man called john kelly um but she still was just you know spending all of her money on drinking and they would actually sell everything they had just to buy booze and like you said that night she ended up in jail and her friends were saying, you know, she's not a prostitute. Jack killed her, but she wasn't a prostitute. She was just mm-hmm. drunk. So she had just gotten out of jail and probably was just walking around trying to find her way back or to a lodging or something and was killed and mutilated by Jack the Ripper. And so she becomes victim. I mean, there was two that night. But Again, victim yeah. Double or victim number four. And, and they kept calling that. What did they say? The double murder. Or so, I don't yeah, know I don't what know. they called it. And a month goes by and they kind of do a little talk about how, you know, sometimes like we all know, serial killers go hot and cold. They'll kill, do a streak and then be off. And you don't know if they're in jail or if they're on vacation. Or they're just trying (laughs) to turn their lives around. Maybe they thought, maybe I won't kill women anymore. Maybe I'll Um, make make a difference. And things are pretty quiet. We get about two weeks after this double murder and another, this dumb asshole called George Lusk gets a box addressed to him. And he's a local vigilance committee member. Who knows what the hell that means? You just try to boss everybody into behaving. I don't know. It's like the neighborhood watch probably where everyone's and it's from Jack. And it's kind of a saucy letter like from Jack and there's a fucking kidney in it Mm. and it says mr lusk sir i send you half the kidney i took from one woman preserved it for you the other piece i fried and ate it was very nice i may send you the bloody knife that i took it out with if only you will wait a little longer signed catch me if you can mr mr lusk so again Uh, we don't know if that is a hoax it's fucking jeffrey Dahmer's great grandpa and it wasn't signed jack the ripper so then they were like is it really the real guy or another guy yes And he just took was it a, a piece of gross meat from right. something. and yeah. So we don't even know if that's him or not. Um, I'm sure they didn't do handwriting comparisons. There was maybe no they did. science. They couldn't no. tell if blood was an animal or a human. They couldn't tell shit. Right. We get to November 9th. So October goes by, almost all of October. October goes by pretty smooth. No, no killings. They think, okay, it's maybe done um it's over 
we don't know who he is. What the hell happened? But let's just move on. Christmas is coming. You know, and people trying to move on. Christmas is coming. The and goose is getting fat. All that really happened Please is the biggest the and grossest murder yep. is about to happen. Here it's coming. We get to November 9th and around 4 a.m., Two people said they heard a cry of murder, murder. But (laughs) as you said, every dumb asshole is yelling something or drunk or screaming and murders are happening all the time. Yeah. So no one gave two shits. Sorry, Um, Mary Jane. And then this name was Mary Kelly. Mary Mary Jane. Yeah, Yeah, Mary Jane. Okay. Yeah. So we have this fucker named Thomas Boyer. And he owns a flop house or whatever named Number 13 Miller's Court, where a lady named Mary Jane Kelly had rented out for eight months now, but she was getting behind in her rent. And Thomas was told to go get the rent or kick her out by like his boss, John McCarthy. And so Tom, or so Thomas goes and he goes to 13 Miller Court and he tries to knock on the door. No one answers. He knocks again. No one answers. He thinks she's inside and maybe just hiding or drunk or asleep. So he steps to the side of the building trying to look in her window. And there's a broke. The window's fucking broken so he can stick his hand in and he moves the curtain to the side. And that's where moments later he's back to his boss McCarthy and he's like all pale and has shit and pissed himself pretty much and puked on himself and is farting (laughs) and he says I knocked on the door and then I looked in the window and I saw a lot of blood and he's dying and so McCarthy's like what the hell and so he walks and takes a look McCarthy pushes the curtain away um, and it's bad and he looks in and he's like Oh, and he vomits like the exorcist and shits himself. And inside is like the worst. And there is a picture, of course, very degraded by now, but yeah. there is a picture of this scene. Um, the wall, there's a bed, a small room, a bed, and the bed is like, and I had to look for more details from this website called, it's called like Jack the Ripper 1988 to get more details. But they just describe the bed as being just a pile of flesh at this point. Because she was just. Yeah. Mary Jane Kelly was like mutilated and hacked to death. They said it was virtually a skin downed cadaver. Um, So the quote from McCarthy, who is the boss of the landlord, the landlord. Yeah. He said, the sight that we saw, I cannot drive away from my mind. Right. It looked more like the work of a devil than a man. I had heard a great deal about the Whitechapel murders, but I declare to God I never expected to see such a sight as this. And then he says, excuse me, because he farted in diarrhea and peaked again. <laughs> and he wipes his mouth. Just the whole scene is more than I can um, describe. I hope I never see a sight as this again. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. horrified. I'm sure it's so traumatizing. But guess what? You're fucking being a dick to all those people who have to live in that right. shit every I know. day. I hate you. Shut up. This yeah. poor woman was like trafficked. Yes. She had been to, and she was 25, so she was way younger than the right. other. We don't know a whole lot about her either. Alcoholics yeah. that were killed, but she was, and she was a sex worker. Um, 
but like had been basically her whole life. And so they think even traffic to Paris and back had been to Paris and like escaped and tried to come back. So they think she was like hiding. Yes. And they didn't even know if that was her real name or what she kept telling people she was from Ireland. and She maybe wasn't because she didn't have that accent but well, and she was probably trying thing. to hide yes. yeah so these two That's assholes baby. i know it is, is a baby yeah uh run to the police and they're screaming they're just saying another one another one another jack the ripper another jack the ripper and so the police come and here they take her um and the police were questioned about the they said and it was they were saying it was barbaric and they said even a wild animal couldn't have done anything so horrifying um mary kelly's body was laying on the bed her head was actually turned toward the window so they could see her face but her face was literally cut off so it was mutilated Uh, yeah um her eyes were open and staring, so she still had her eyes. Um, but the rest of her face was off. She only had her eyes and her ears, so her boyfriend had to try to identify her, and he said, I think that's her eyes, because there was nothing else about her you could identify. Oh, my God. Um, The post-mortem said that the body was laying naked in the middle of the bed. The shoulders were flat, but the axis of the body inclined to the left side dick just come on yeah the head was turned to the left cheek the left arm was close to the body with the forearm flexed at a right angle nobody gives two fucks she's flexing lying across the abdomen the right arm was slightly abducted from the body and rested on the mattress you are trying to be smarter than you are abducted from the body anyway the legs were wide apart the left side the left thigh at right angles to the trunk. And then he wrote forming an obtuse angle with the pubes. Are you serious? He wrote her legs were forming an obtuse angle. And then he writes pubes. (laughs) Why are you writing pubes? You have the word abducted in one paragraph and pubes in the second. No. And you've talked about pubes. But anyway, her entire abdomen and thighs were gone. It was empty. He cut open her cavity, took everything out, and then literally cut like her thighs apart. Um, her breasts were cut off. Her arms were completely mutilated. Like I said, her face was gone. Her neck was severed to where her head was just hanging on by a little bit of bone. Um, uterus, kidneys, and a breast um, were on her table. Her liver was between her feet. The other breast was Ew. by her other foot. Her intestines were on the right side and her spleen was on the left side of the body. Um, her abdomen, parts of her abdomen and thighs were on another table. The bed was saturated with blood to the point where the Obviously. floor beneath had a two foot square blood pool on the floor underneath um her nose cheeks eyebrows and ears were all partially removed the lips were removed and her chin oh jesus why her chin i don't know he just tried to cut her i don't know chins um i don't know but this she was completely butchered to where they said it was just a frenzy killing once she was dead he probably cut her throat once she was dead he was just just like he was trying to cut her apart it was a frenzy um so this was so horrific um 
like it, it stunned people into like, oh, this is like serious, really yeah. serious yeah. shit. And but it was the last, the last mm-hmm. killing. There was nothing after it. And the police, even though the newspapers tried to carry the story for a few weeks after, the police had nothing. And months go by. And then years go by. And then decades go by. And there's nothing. And it becomes kind of this legend. And even into the night, what was it, the 1970s that the Yorkshire Ripper started attacking and they named, they because it was similar to Jack's crimes and they had like another, Ew. but they caught him. There's that Netflix documentary. But it almost then becomes in history more like a legend and tale instead of a real crime that affected these real women trying to bring attention to the horrific conditions that these people lived in and so many people are living in in other cities but nothing really came of it i mean nothing came of it these none of the conditions improved i mean now Whitechapel is totally different a lot of these buildings that were there are gone and Mm -hmm. um a lot of the you know you take the tour some of these alleyways are still there but things have changed right right but again, he's never ever been caught. There are theor- there are all sorts of theories that he's anywhere from like the Queen's son right. to you know that artist or to H. H. Holmes, which yeah. I, I mean Yeah. All over the place. But it's never there is like a scarf that's supposed to have his DNA on it, something like that. And yes. they've never it's that's gone nowhere. Um or if they've matched I don't know. But who knows? Maybe I don't know if I want to know or I don't know. It, Will we yeah. ever know for sure? I don't know how. Because they just said like it, investigating isn't what it is what it was then. Yeah. As it is today and that records weren't kept very carefully no. and there was always like this possibility of secondary like somebody you know, like the media put something out there that wasn't true, but then when we go back and research it a hundred years later, we're like, "Oh, do we that know?" Is yeah, true. yeah, right. We don't know. The only thing that maybe someone might find some diary packed away in their attic, and it has something that someone knew something, and yeah. who knows? And then they'll be like, "Is this real? Right? Or a fraud? Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know." Um, but he is one of the mightiest dicks in history and that is the first installment of our october's notorious dicks yes and he is so keep listening for next week's notorious dick (laughs) yes the notorious dick going to be i see yes let's see who it is all right we missed you guys bye